0: from the Mercy One Studio making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com
1: Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Rose Ganguza, one of the producers of the new movie Fatima, telling the real-life events which occurred in 1917 when the Virgin Mary ap- appeared to three shepherd children in Portugal. <laughs> this new release is in theaters now and streaming almost everywhere. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the Bishop's Mind.
0: Good morning, Kelly. Good uh, morning. Uh, almost feels like you in a kayak here in downtown Des Moines, and I know we all <laughs> biblical rains we've been getting aren't going to alleviate some of the drought conditions for our friends in the western part of the mm. diocese, but at least hopefully it gives encouragement and everything as, uh, you know, maybe replenishing the water table for next year, right. uh, even still a deficit as well. But uh, yeah, eventful days, and uh, again, uh, we're really trying to, to celebrate in many ways this nine eleven, our 19th anniversary of the 9-11 uh, uh, the tragedy that uh, was here, the terrorism attack as well, so very much uh, lifting up the 3,000 souls, but also our first responders, whom we continue to appreciate, all sorts of emergency personnel, firefighters, uh, law enforcement, emergency room, electrical workers, and others, too, on this great day. So great reverence for how they continue to protect us. And, you know, obviously in the wake of the derecho, that made it uh, ever more evident for us. So uh, a moment of truth for our country. Hard to believe, uh, 19 years since that event uh, that has right. passed. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, this weekend, uh, Mary, St. Mary Nazareth Parish is finally getting a chance to fetch uh, Father Greg Leach, who retired in July after 40 years, uh, to, uh, tomorrow officially, 40 years anniversary of priestly ordination, and how Father Greg, uh, you know, speaking <laughs> first responders, he himself was a, a volunteer firefighter through much of his priesthood and in service in different parishes, in Stuart Adair, Our Lady's Immaculate Heart in Ankeny, Osceola, Grand River, Erling, Sacred Heart, Des Moines, and the 12 years of St. Mary of Nazareth, so I know they wanted to do this back in May, but like many things, postpone. But uh, even with social distancing, I'm sure it'll be a great opportunity to, to celebrate him. I think he was actually an umpire, too, on the side in baseball.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's going to resume that, but I know he's continued to make himself available in many ways. Uh, yeah. I personally am a, Bishop Lessa, Edward Molesic in Greensburg, where my brother Mark lives, now to be installed on Monday as the Bishop of Cleveland. Uh, originally was hoping to to be present at that, to make that. I understand there's a circulating a photo out there somewhere in our days at the Pontifical College, Josephina, where I actually was uh, at my alumni reunion last Thursday for a day, and then checking out the seminary with Father Ross Parker, our vocation director in Columbus. But, uh, you know, the musical side, Father Molesic playing clarinet and myself with trumpet. Uh, <laughs> and but it seems like I'm about half the size I was <laughs> now. <laughs> Who is this young seminary? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, thinking of seminaries, uh, uh, underline Seminary in Chicago is giving a nice little tribute to hero priests, including our own Father Mark McGarry, associate at St. Francis of Assisi, and how you know, his uh, tireless ministry as associate pastor throughout all the COVID, and kind of giving him a shining a little light on him. So uh, shout out to you, Father Mark, and uh, what you're doing there also, and uh, the great work with so many of our priests in the diocese, but you know, we can identify people and not get jealous about that. Uh, I better uh, give a little mini shout out to my, uh, ne- you know, thinking about nine eleven. My nephew uh, Michael, Michael Johnson, in an Ankeny, member of St. Luke's Parish. Uh, he was born the year after nine eleven uh, on uh, the twelfth of September. He's going to turn eighteen years old. Hard to believe what a young man he's become. Uh, his his rapier like uh, sense of humor uh, not only reduces his dad, but several well keeps it humble. So and on monday uh we're looking to uh lift up a a kind of a solemn feast day which sometimes passes under the radar screen uh the triumph of the cross uh, the cross the central symbol of our christian faith jesus uh, redeeming uh salvific mission on the cross but the mercy and the love that's there so maybe uh another opportunity you know we think about different seasons for the opportunity for confession the sacrament of reconciliation Uh, i know many of our priests have been really Yeomen, in terms of making that sacrament available on an individual level, the uh, provisions for uh, general absolution remain in place under the COVID dispensation. So that may be a great opportunity for people to experience God's mercy as well. And then, of course, this weekend the parishes will be uh, the seminary collection to support our 18 men. So we uh, remember them, please, as we continue to look for future priests.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break. and our return, we'll welcome the producer of the movie Fatima. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network.
2: Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not.
1: Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Rose Ganguza, one of the producers of the new movie Fatima, showcasing the real-life events which occurred in 1917 when the Virgin Mary appeared to three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal. We're going to talk to Rose here in a moment yeah. <laughs> to find out how she got involved in the movie, her Catholic faith, and more. Uh, we're just ringing her right back up. But Bishop, we we did have a chance to both watch the movie, and we both thought it was excellent, correct?
0: Yeah, I you know, I was uh, really, you know, I, I, I don't want to say I reduced my expectations, but sometimes we know religious movies can be a little flocky or, you know, that uh, they, they emphasize the kind of pietistic way, or even in this day with so much digital technology that they go to town with that and it becomes, you know, kind of a um, pyrotechnic uh, event. And so I think the, the, the subtlety and the modesty, the, the restraint uh, lends itself to a, a lavish, beautiful, but so realistic and compelling account of what was the real appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary in 1917 in Portugal at Fatima mm-hmm. in the villages. Yep. So, yep. Was, uh... I streamed
1: it last night as well. It's excellent. We do have Rose on the line now.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Very good. Good morning, morning to you, Miss uh, Miss if I pronounced that correctly, yes. and if I'm familiar to call you Rose. Uh, so of great course. to have you with us. And I imagine sure. as uh, the movie hit theaters on, on August 28th, and a lot of various live streaming services you're a busy woman these days but uh you know this this great project of putting this together and uh i was able to take it in a couple of nights ago i you know, I I was foolish. The the, the producers and the company was making it available to bishops throughout the country for preview for free. I didn't take advantage (laughs) of that.
3: You didn't get that? Oh, my God. Somebody needs to return that $20 to you.
0: (laughs) I don't don't know how much you actually see a slice of any of those things, but uh, let's get into the the matter of the movie, which was really a sublime experience. And I think, is, is in, intended to target a broad audience, not just members of the household of faith. So can you kind of talk about that, how you as a, a practicing Catholic, but that there's a broader scope and appeal in what is meant to be a major motion picture, and not just a niche film?
3: Yeah. When I decided to do this film, it was brought to me by Origin Entertainment, which was uh, two wonderful people, Dick Lyle and, and uh, James Volk. Uh, they, they showed me the script, and... Of course, I immediately remember the story of Fatima like everybody who's ever gone to Catholic schools and seen the original 1952 movie. But my, my proviso with them was that I would come on board to produce it. Um, but, but that I want, that I wanted to make it for a wider audience. Um, I didn't want to make a film that only Catholics would go to see because I think the message of Fatima is so much broader than that and um so, in taking the original script uh we you know i I wanted a character that was questioning everything, and I thought by bringing in the older lucia and and having the harvey kaitel character, i think we 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 did that
0: so so and and the harvey kaitel uh, character is 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 intriguing. Was he an insertion in the script that, among others, director Marco Pontecorvo uh, composed, or was that a later edition, or was that in originally in the script?
3: No, that was what we, um, I originally talked about with Marco when, when I brought him onto the movie. I said, Look, I think we need to have a flash forward, and I think we need to have somebody visiting her and questioning her. Because that's what the audience is going to do, and we have to kind of presuppose that, and that's how that character came about. And and Marco and Valerio D'Annunzio um, changed that that and invented that character for the film.
0: Okay, well, and uh, you know, any movie with Harvey Keitel, I would watch, you know, on its own merits, given his great uh, <laughs>
3: portfolio
0: yeah. as well. But and then yeah. the teaming with. Some- Praga as the Lucia character yeah. there in her later years and everything else in that dynamic. Oh, were you on site for much of the filming? Could you witness uh, their exchanges on set, or was that something yeah. you Yeah,
3: well, you know, I, I've i known both of them for a while. It was It's really important when you try to raise financing for a film that you get some names on board, and this isn't exactly a film that a lot of big-name actors were really jumping up and down to do, even actors from Catholic countries. I think, you know, um, with the present climate, you know, it always is like actors are worried that they may be pigeonholed or they may be identified or they, it's it's insane. And so I had to, instead of going to the normal route, I had to come up with people that I could call on the phone. And um, Harvey loves working with Italian directors um, and even though he's not a Catholic, um, he's appeared in a lot of things have a lot of, um, a lot of these, these things. And I thought it was really interesting because he said to me that, you know, he never thought he would be getting so much attention for this role, but he has, um, and Sonia is someone I've known for like over 40 years, um, and she was a little mm-hmm. bit surprised that I would think of her as a nun, but I think she pulls it off for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you yeah. Know,
0: I mean, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman is a little bit different genre of movie, but that's...
3: Yeah, right. you think? I know,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, um, you know, and again, we could get into so many things here, but, um, you know, I mean, Harvey Keitel said he at the time was reading the book of Job and then a book of philosophy. I was just intrigued. You know, as a as a formal philosopher, do mm-hmm. you happen to know which book he was reading? Yeah, yeah um, I, I hope hoping Nietzsche yeah. or something. But <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, he's a very um, smart guy, Harvey. So uh, yeah. you know, he was intrigued
0: you, by the, the the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, really, assembling an incredible stable, and you you're right. I mean, they can't be pigeonholed. This isn't God messaged me. You know, this is this is this is something with a uh, you know the richness of of the Portuguese countryside and everything that's there i mean cinema tiger vincenzo vincenzo caponeta and and just yeah. you know I, I you know i was kind of thinking about once upon a time in anatolia the turkish movie just how the countryside is so much uh, part of the, of the overall story and how that's woven in there yeah. as well but uh, yeah. uh, you got, you've got really a quite a, a cast and the casting that was there with our children actors as well stephanie gill and others can you kind of talk about what, the, what features appeal to you and what things you think they bring to the, the overall uh, production? You
3: know, when we, when, you know, it, it's really hard nowadays to do independent films, and especially independent films on this scale. I mean, this is a very large movie, um, and yet it wasn't the kind of film that we go to a studio with and resell <laughs> it. So it was, uh, we had to raise the money independently, which is, um, not an easy task. And that took about four or five years. And, and finally we found this, first a, a lovely gentleman, a friend of mine in Brazil, and, um, and then, uh, another wonderful man in Torino in Italy. Um, and neither one of them are in the film business nor have they ever invested in film. And they kind of took a leap of faith. And um, what we had to do was shoot out the scenes with Harvey and uh, Sonia so that we had something to show. And then with those scenes, we were able to get the second investor and the the larger sum of money on board. Um, With the children, that was so key because they're in every scene. Uh, We did a worldwide, we cast a worldwide net, you know, and eventually... Um, a casting director in London said, I have a really wonderful casting uh, person in Spain, and I think we can find the children there, and that's where we, we found all three of the, the children in the film.
0: Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, Madrid and Barcelona, and the actor, and his name yes. is escaping me a the moment, who plays uh, Francisco. Actually, it appeared yes. before Full Friends at one time. Yes, right?
3: beautiful performance. Little Jorge is... Um, is a brilliant um, dancer and um, and is Billy Elliot on stage in Madrid. Um, he's mm-hmm. so enormously talented, and I had him here with me last summer, um, and he was accepted to Stage Door, which is one of the most prestigious theater camps in the world, and they were just bowled over by him. He, he's pretty in- incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and, uh, you know, obviously a bright future headman, but they were... Totally credible in terms of being the children, and, and you know, he, yeah. he kind of has a holy cluelessness about him. As yeah, that, so know, sweet, right? He's is, is, is obviously receiving the, the full uh, uh, spectrum of the messages and things that's going on yeah. from the Blessed Mother. But uh, again, yeah, yeah. And, and then the Blessed Mother figure, you know, again, you know, it's not some kind of ethereal cloud she's in, and, you know, and again, all the, the digital things, it's, it's so incarnational and so real. Uh, That uh, the way it's presented, so you didn't go overboard here and and allowed it to speak for itself, if you will.
3: Yeah, it it was really important to me going into this that we didn't have Mary floating in the sky, and I specifically discussed this with Marco, that I wanted her at, at the children's eye level. The whole concept of the retelling of this story was to have it from the point of view of the children, um, and even when we go forward to speaking to sister Lucia, we're still doing it from the point of view of the children. And she is an older woman, not recanting and not, not trying to change her story at all, but staying firm like she did as a child.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet some, uh, discretion there, I understand, you know, that uh, apparently the children were threatened uh, by either church or civil authorities that the, they would be boiled in oil if they did not recant. And so, uh, yes. you know, you kind of yeah. that particular piece. But otherwise, there's a tremendous realism. So, you're one of uh, several producers, I understand, and uh, there are some of a kind of evangelical Christian faith. Can you just talk about you know, in terms of the whole cast and, and production team for some, yeah. was an of, or did it draw some, maybe, to is well, you know,
3: when you do those kind of things, you know, for us now, it's a, if people come on if they, you know, pe- the people who bring in the money are very key. Um, and as I said, we had these these people who, like, literally were sent from Heaven. Um, the main man is not a Catholic. I mean, obviously he was raised in Italy, probably raised Catholic, but he's now a Buddhist. Um, Marco Pontecorvo mm. is uh, Jewish on one side of his family. Um, you know, and in, in Italy, as you know, there's there's a lot of kind of anti-clericism, much like what was experience, being experienced during the time of the, the story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had one producer who is an evangelical, um, and then um, Dick Lyle, who's very well-known in the Catholic Church. Um, these people came not from production backgrounds, but from more... Um, you know, backgrounds in dealing with the dogma, as did Natasha Howes, who had, has kind of de- dedicated her life up until that point to the story of Fatima and did a lot of different projects and, and different things about Fatima. So she was a resident expert, still is throughout the whole thing and, and her relationship with the apostolate of Fatima and all of the main, uh, figures there. Um, so it was a very interesting group um, of people, for sure. Uh, and then, of course, when Marco Pontecorvo came on, um, you know, he was doing more than just directing. You know, he he was helping with a lot, you know bring a lot of things into it. So, of course, uh, he's listed also as a producer.
0: Okay, well, very much. So you've alluded to it here, but you know, obviously in that time, the First World War. The- civil strife, the antagonism, if not outright uh, enmity toward the institutional church and clergy, uh, and then, as the Blessed Mother predicted for Francisco and Jacinta, that, uh, that they would perish, and uh, as young, yeah. and so the pandemic of 1918, they actually died Manish there. Blue. Yeah. 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 So,
3: Which so makes it incredibly timely, I mean, that wasn't our main, main focus.
0: Yeah. And it may not be so much an atheistic Marxism, but, uh, you know, the skepticism and scientific kind of uh, wariness of anything you face. So here we are in a, in a new climate, but uh, it should provide a, a, a context in our own culture where we can identify with some of the characters, the, yeah. the mother and the first yeah. priest and others, you know. The mother, Lucia's mother, is very sympathetic, Maria Rosa, you know, in, in terms of how she was portrayed by Lucia Moniz, you know, and... uh you know, I think any mother could say, Wow, my daughter is seeing the Blessed Mother, wait a minute. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean the church was the was the center of the town, but of course the the local officials and, and the head people at the church were, were kind of scared at that time. And that's why I think, you know, we had to expand on the historical context of the story. Because if you don't understand where the church was in in the Iberian Peninsula at the time, and that this was a world at war and at the eve of a worldwide pandemic, um, I think you lose a lot of the importance of the story and why it impacted people the way it did then. And then since then, you know, here we are a hundred odd years later, um, and we're still being impacted by this story.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Were you concerned that our present pandemic would uh, impact the release of the movie, or uh, in any way, or did you, you know we didn't? Well, it problem? did.
3: I mean, yeah we we had to change the we had to change our original premiere date. We had a huge premiere all scheduled here in New York on April 28th with Bocelli present at Lincoln Center, etc. It was going to be a very very big event, and of course that was canceled. And then we had to keep pushing. Because we didn't know when theaters were going to reopen, and in fact, here in New York and in Los Angeles and in California, theaters aren't reopened, and that's when we decided to do the 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 streaming and the the VOD.
0: Would you be
2: willing to stay with us just a few more minutes here after the break? Yes, of course.
1: We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson.
2: Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not.
1: Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. We're back with Rose Ganguza, one of the producers of the movie Fatima.
0: Thank you again for remaining with us, Rose. You, you made reference to Andrea you. Bocelli. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the original score by composer Paolo Bonvino and uh, what he's put together there I think really lends itself. It doesn't call attention to itself, but then obviously as the conclusion of the movie and that Grazia Plena uh, piece that is there with a uh, Maestro Bocelli uh, uh, producing, you know, singing that as well. Uh, you know, can you, you know the, the bringing that together and the the, you know, the, the message of you know, having the children sing and you know, the world needs peace yeah. at this time. Uh, really anointing us, I think. You know, in the movie, but lingering with us even as we kind of absorb what we've just viewed and witnessed in the movie itself. So uh, he was a willing participant, obviously, but. Uh, the, the music and putting that together. Did you have a hand in that? To kind of, uh,
3: yeah. I, I, I was the one who brought Bocelli in, and, and it was it, it was really the turning point for us. When when Andrea said yes to doing the music for the film, it was one of the key elements that attracted um, the main investor in the movie. Uh, I called him in Italy as soon as I'd gotten off the phone uh, with. The, the Bocelli news, and, um, and he was intrigued by that, and it was, it was the main reason why um, we, we were able to go ahead. Um, Andrea is, is such a huge uh, presence in the movie in, in terms of uh, the song Gloria and the Grazia Plena, um, which is the original piece that Paolo Bonvino wrote. For him, and um, you can see the the music video online that he did as well. It's it's quite mm. lovely.
0: Oh well, we'll seek that out, then. That's, uh, and you know, and and his his remarks as a man of faith that uh, you know Fatima as a an epicenter of spirituality and a catalyst for prayer, a bridge between humanity and divine and. Though God has graced me with the opportunity to visit many places in the world, Fatima is not one of them yet, so it's got me pining for World Youth Day in 2023, <laughs> maybe bringing a yeah. group from the diet to Des Moines, if I may do that. But uh,
3: Are you? Uh, oh, good. Cardinal Dolan told me a few days ago that he's going as well, so I guess you're all going to be there.
0: <laughs> okay, well... Yeah, you know, that good native Midwesterner will uh, get him on board. So it, it concludes with The Miracle of the Sun. Some have said, wow, could we not have had a little bit more after The Miracle of the Sun? Uh, and that spoiler alert there for people uh, in that regard. But uh, kind of the reviews and things overall that you're seeing here in the first weeks.
3: Um, so we we've, we've had an amazing response to this film. And unlike a lot of films that drop off, in the second weekend, we've had an increase, and we've also been able to increase our number of theaters as different states are reopening. Um, uh, we are just, like, bowled over by, by the response in terms of how many people in North America are viewing the film. And um, this is a good bellwether for what's going to happen when the film starts releasing internationally on October 13th.
0: A well chosen date, there. Well chosen date. There. Yes. Well, uh, so, well, uh, you know, blessings upon you for what was many years of uh, involvement and labor, and uh, you know, yeah. see your your child uh, maybe uh, be born in this regard, and uh, thank you for your time with us today, and so many graces thank to you, you and all you hold in your heart. May the, you be kept safe from any of the ravages of the pandemic and any people that you care about. Thank but you. bless you and thank I you very much for appearing. That.
3: Thank you so much. It was a, it was a lovely um, time speaking with you.
0: Oh, You're welcome. You're very kind. So thank you very much. We'll sign off bye with bye. you. Thank you. Oh, Kelly, wow, what a, what a tremendous thing. And I hope we've uh, maybe uh, appealed to some people who maybe were looking for what they might be doing this weekend. And, right. uh, no, no plug here. I know it is appearing at a theater in the Greater Metro in Ankeny. Uh, I streamed TV. on
1: Amazon, and I think you found found it on YouTube, right?
0: Well, I'm not going to say which service I have. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> okay. I get my commission as well. So, but uh, yeah, so, it's uh, very good, and uh, obviously people and uh, their families still trying to make that adjustment and uh, live as we do each day in faith, may the power of the cross strengthen and support us and give us hope.
1: All right, this has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network.
0: You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.